EAM is a podcast that proves women can still be strong and influential while being godly and humble. EAM streams anywhere you listen to your music and podcasts. If you like what you hear, visit our website, eamisher.wixsite.com for more resources. Hey guys, how are you? It's Natalie. Hey, it's Marina. Hello, it's Maria. So how has your previous weeks been? How's it going? How's Lent going so far? Is everyone just going to nod? It's a podcast. <laughs> you have to use words. They can't see us. I'm trying to. Re- oh, yes, yes. Okay. It's going good. My my last challenge was to examine myself um, mm-hmm. kind of after every day, because what caught me with the prodigal son is that he came to himself. And so I thought if I come to myself every day at the end of the day, I can actually, you know, look back and, and see what went well and, and not well. Um, and I wasn't super consistent with it, but there was this one time I went on a on a hike um and I just I I examined myself and it wasn't even like a conscious decision it just happened that I started to look back on my day and I just poured out everything to God and it was a really beautiful encounter of just not sugarcoating anything because sometimes I feel like it's ridiculous that I'm trying to justify myself to the person who knows me best or I'm trying to uncover a layer of my depth when he sees the depth and he sees the highest and he sees the lowest so it was just it was a beautiful week of trying to be as honest as I can be with God and I really want to continue with it because as I said I haven't done it every day but when I do it it becomes something like okay God you know all of this already now let's move on to what I'm going to do next you know I don't need to explain things to you and and kind of um, sugarcoat things along the way yeah and Mine kind of goes off of yours. My challenge was to like, just remember how God will receive you when you come Mm -hmm. to him. So like thinking about everything that you did in the day can be, you know, tough and like the self-criticism can come out. But I think remembering the response of God to your repentance is something that I really want to take from the particle sun. So I think that helped me a lot, like just as I'm praying, remembering God's perspective and that I'm alive. I am with him and I am reunited with him and that's what matters. I think that's so empowering and I think that is something that I definitely want to continue doing throughout Lent. Beautiful. And then extending from all of that, today we're going to read about someone else who um, was also like all cards on the table with God Mm -hmm. and um, revealed her innermost self, even if she wasn't quite ready. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. John chapter 4, verse 1 to 42. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left to Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come, See a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I love this. <laughs> There's so much, so much to talk about. Any like initial things that stood out to you guys? I love the theme of water. It starts off with um, that Jesus made more disciples and baptized more than John. And so then he left uh, away from all of this kind of, you know, uh, headache and hassle because he didn't come for conflict. And you know, he, his, his goal was way bigger than just who, uh, who has more numbers, him or John. Mm -hmm. And then he goes away from the baptismal water and he goes to a well. And then it's like he cares for one person 
again, not numbers, but he comes and he needs to go through Samaria so he can meet one woman who no one else would want to meet. No one else would intentionally or unintentionally try to, you know, uh, see her so that he can give her the living water. And then he has this whole discussion of living water. And it's just so powerful. Yeah, it says he needed to go to Samaria. It is absolutely vital. And I think a lot of times we... um, we do, you know, in First John, no, the epistle of that Sunday, yeah, um, where it says, yeah, James 4, and it says, uh, I think it's verse 7, where it says, uh, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But in this specific instance, I feel like it was the opposite. It was God reached out. And so it's like, it shows that, well, that's possible. Like, he takes the first step, he initiates, that is very possible. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. it just, it, you just have to want it. You just have to accept it or invite it. And she did. Yeah. I, I love that he said he needed to go, or it said that he needed to go through Samaria because it just shows like he wanted this woman to be saved and thinking about it back to us, like he wants all of us to be saved and he's going to reach out to us. We just need to kind of receive him in a way that the Samaritan woman eventually did. Yeah. I, I think something else I, I love about this story is he didn't um, approach her like as a just as a preacher. Like I just care to you know bring you towards me and then we're good and I'm out and like all's good. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he stayed uh, for longer because of he wanted to be with those with the people in Samaria. But um, it's such a love story in that he cared for her, for her, for her like substance, for her soul more than just her state in that moment. Um, He made her not just feel brand new, but actually brand new by telling her about this living water. Um, In John chapter 7, in fact, later on, so that that was John chapter 4. A couple chapters later, he says, it says, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. This he spoke concerning the spirit. So it was about that thing that is not perishing is what he cared about. He cared for so much more. Um, And I think that's just lovely. Like that is a love story. Someone who genuinely cares. Yeah. And he came at the sixth hour. So like, that's like the hottest point in the day. It's like noontime. And Mm -hmm. that was the same time when he was nailed to the cross Mm -hmm. and same time that uh, God met Abraham. So like it shows like he meets us at the point where it's like we're being tested by the heat of the sun you know the scorching sun and when we are feeling the heat of the sun he is coming to give us like a spring of life the water that is the most refreshing water we could ever imagine and it worked out well for him too i guess because she was even saying like oh like tell me about this water that i can get without having to come out here Mm -hmm. like in probably at noon in the hot they you know like trying to get a bucket and filling it up all of that like just like tell me if there's another way i want to hear it so it really i guess i didn't i never looked at it that way but yeah good point marina something else that strikes me is um we never we always talk about the samaritan woman as the john chapter 4 woman but there's actually a greater story to her um she's actually saint fotini she is a saint um a couple of things. So I didn't really know much about St. Fotini. So I didn't know much about her life after her encounter with Christ. Um, but it turns out that she actually got baptized on the day of Pentecost with her five sisters. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, and she actually became a missionary. Um, and she was known for her brave Christian teachings. So we see a glimpse of that because it says that she ran out into the city after. Mm-hmm. And she said, my favorite line of this, <laughs> come meet, meet the man who has told me everything I've ever did. I ever wow. did. Which is like so striking and what a, such a bold thing to say. And for her with her reputation yes. to like... To, to exclaim this in the middle of the city it is huge because everything she ever did, everyone knew who she was. And she was openly, the, the way that she was openly living her life. So this was just the bravery and the boldness that comes with the like ignition of the Holy Spirit was mm-hmm. so real. And we so I guess we did see a glimpse of this, of her mission work in the gospel. Um, and, and and it says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Um, yeah. So I, it, I like that because well, after I read that, it wasn't much, it wasn't like he was doing some sort of charity work. Like, oh, just adding another one to the pack for him. Again, like Maria said, it wasn't just another number for God, but it was like he saw in her something that he could use to help him for a greater purpose mm-hmm. so again like if we're throwing it back to season one um like her identity her worth and her value um was so much greater than she saw in herself and he saw it first so it was like i yes i i want her but she's also going to help me do something greater and it's going to add to her value and who she is and so much so that she started out as the Samaritan woman, known as just the Samaritan woman. That's like saying the Canadian woman, <laughs> like, like yeah, very ambiguous. And Samaritan was like hated. So it was yeah. like the hated Canadian woman, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So she started off like that, but ended with St. Fotini. Like she was, yes. no, she, she was given a name. I love how this passage shows that transformation step by step. So mm-hmm. she comes in sixth hour so she can, you know, be completely hidden from world. And then he tells her, oh, like, uh, give me water. And she tells him how, blah, blah, blah. And then he tells her, um, give me a drink. And she says, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. And I feel like that's such a perfect parallel of our kind of preliminary encounters with Christ, where when we come to him with our worries or our fears and our prayers, we enclose him in a box. We're like, I know that like, you can't do this because all that I have is like, my capacities will not reach. You have nothing to draw with. How are you going to grab water for me? You know? And so you see that like, she's still thinking on a very human level of like water, very materialistic. And then you have nothing to draw with. So there's no way I'm too weak. I I can't, I don't have any potential. And what you said, Natalie was so beautiful because it's like, he saw in her way more potential than she saw in herself. For her, her entire life was a bucket and a well and a well that had to be away from other people. And then you kind of see the progression of, he tells her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but he who drinks from my water won't thirst. And she's still thinking, she's still missing the point. So she's still thinking on a very human level. And she tells him, okay, tell me, give me this water so that I don't have to come again, you know? And it's like, she's she's not really desiring again what he's telling her of what this water is being the Holy Spirit. She's still desiring earthly water so she can stop toiling and she can stop thirsting in a, in a worldly sense. Mm-hmm. But then she starts to realize that there's way more to him and she's like you're a prophet and then she realizes he's the messiah i just love the step-by-step progression 
Yeah. And you know, St. Fotini, the word actually means the enlightened one. Mm -hmm. So throughout her progression, she truly became enlightened. So instead Mm -hmm. of thinking of the water as an earthly resource that she needs, she was seeking after the living water. So that's just amazing. So beautiful. And I love how he was so patient with her. He actually explains her. So St. Augustine says something really nice, how he like, he argues with her a little bit, right? He's like, oh, the water. And she's like, no, but I don't have that water, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, she's not understanding this. Let's try something new. So then he tells her, go call your husband. Okay. And it's actually interesting because the go call your husband comes right after, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. So he realizes, okay, she's not getting the point. Let's try a different tactic. And St. Augustine says something, guys, that blew my mind. He says, when he tells her, go call your husband, it's basically telling her, go call your soul's husband. Go call what is enslaving you. Go call what is the most important thing to you. And when you bring him here or it here, that's the only way I will be able to enlighten you. It's the only way you will start to understand. And so St. Augustine says, why is Jesus already not our soul's husband? And so if the only way we can be transformed in an encounter at the well, quote unquote, is to bring our husband, to bring whatever is worrying us the most, whatever is most important in our lives, whatever is taking up the most of our day. And that way he can actually be put at the feet of Jesus and then transformed. Yes. And she had to actually like lose that stronghold in order to come to him, being able to accept him as her true soul's husband. That's actually beautiful. I did not read it like that. Um... But when I was contemplating on the passage, I I actually wrote it down that my challenge for this week was going to be exposing a sin that I've dug deep Mm. um, into the ground, something that I cherish as a sin, which is odd to say, and something that I am not ready, quote unquote, to give up yet. Mm -hmm. And that will be my challenge to expose that sin to myself and to the Lord. Because something that struck me also is how honest she was with him. Because you're right, the transition between those two questions was very, like, startling. It's very sudden. Um, And for her to answer the way that she did was also something that's very stark. Um, So her honesty, I think, was the um, trigger to Mm -hmm. the the following events of the story. Yeah, and, and to the point of something you we were talking about in the very beginning with Maria, you were talking about your challenge for the week and you were saying um, how without sugarcoating, without anything, really talking to God and being honest with him. Um, Metropolitan Father Anthony Bloom says, your prayer must be turned inward, not towards a God of heaven, nor towards a God far off, but towards a God who is closer than you are aware. And even though the Samaritan woman was not aware who it was that was that close to her, she was still that honest with him. And I think that is something that is going to be another one of my challenges uh, this week. Yeah, that's so well said. Wow. It links really well to later on in the passage where she she's starting to realize he's way more than just a man and he is a prophet and he knows things. And she tells him, okay, but how can we worship on the mountain and you guys worship in the temple? And like, where do we find God? Where's the real truth? And St. Augustine says something super similar to what you mentioned that 
you you find God within yourself. So you pray within yourself because St. Paul tells us you are the temple of God. So there is no, the, the idea is not to, you know, limit God to a certain place. It's just to be honest with him in any part of our, our day. There, there are times where I laugh at myself because it's like Friday, for example, and I'm still at school. And I'm like, I can't wait for Tasbaha so I can go and pray about this or I can go and cry to God about this. But then I realize right now. Like, I can do that right now. It's no problem. I'll just close my camera so no one sees me cry, <laughs> but it's fine. So it's it's like we gotta we gotta realize that he's so close to us, and he, as we said in the beginning, he's coming. He's coming out of his way to come to us. We don't need to, you know, enclose him in a, in a box or in a place. I read something. Um, actually, I heard something. I was listening to a sermon about this, um, and a priest, the priest who was doing the sermon, said she took the four C's toward the cross. Mm. So the four C's are, first there was a confession. Mm. Confession of her sin, but also a confession of who it was she was talking to. So that is the first step. She confessed that Jesus is Lord. And then there was a change um, in that she left her water pot. I love this. I love this part because... I feel like it's so easy to read over, but she was like all over. And I know I've said this in in previous episodes, but she was all over him about him not having a bucket. And how are you going to draw water? How do you think you're going to do this? Who do you think you are? And then when she realized who it was she was talking to, it says she left her water pot and ran into the city. She left that thing that was boxing her in. She left, she made a change. Um, at that moment so as soon as the conviction occurred whether it was in her heart or Mm -hmm. out loud was when she made the change and can I just add that she left it there where Jesus was so she left it Mm -hmm. at his feet and I think the only Mm -hmm. way we can go to the third C which I'm really excited to hear is what (laughs) we can we can't do anything until we leave our burden at the feet of Jesus Beautiful. The third C was um, she accepted a challenge, mm. um, which was A, to change, but also to, to profess him outwardly with her reputation, with her status. That to is he like, to oh. the men. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of the city, she accepted that challenge. So it was confession, change, challenge. And then the fourth C, which was a concern for the lost. And it was what led her to say, come see a man who has told me everything I ever did. She saw the cross. So if we're now looking at this um, in a more eagle eye, you know, olive lent kind of scope, she saw the cross and she saw that the cross is not meant to be a private occasion. It's not meant to be um, a private event or experience. The cross is to be shared. She found, again, the living water And she wanted to share that water. So it made me wonder, these four C's, confession, change, challenge, and concern. It made me wonder, okay, so that's kind of the story of the Samaritan woman in the midst of this Lenten journey. How do all of these stories relate together? And you guys tell me what you think. But this is kind of what I came up with. This is is just my own meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, First week, treasure tells us what goals to set, what is the goal, where it is, so that we can run our marathon. And then temptations, the the gospel for temptation tells us about the tips, the tricks, the strategies, the warnings of the hurdles 
that we will encounter in this marathon. Hmm. And then it's either the rest of the prodigal son, the Samaritan woman, and the stories to come are all examples of people who have ran this marathon. Um, and there are a slew of different people that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. Or it's that the prodigal son was an example of the consequences of changing direction and also the ability of rerouting yourself and getting back on track. Um, and then the Samaritan woman is someone who was walking in a completely different direction, but was also able to reroute and uh, get back on track and run towards she fixed her goal she changed her goal she made that change step two <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is kind of the outward the overall like connection or this overarching connection that I'm trying to make I don't know thoughts I love it I I love the idea of connecting them and I, I think yeah you're so right that they when you said like a slew of people we can connect with it's each of them got a transformation, but it, God dealt with them in the way that they needed. So the prodigal son, because he knew what life was like in his father's house, he didn't need someone to tell him he had already experienced it. He needed to come to himself, whereas the Samaritan woman had actually never experienced it. So Christ needed to come to her. And then I think we'll see in the future weeks that maybe they wanted to come to Jesus, but they had an actual sickness, something physically hindering them or psychologically hindering them. And Christ deals, deals with them in a very different way. So, yeah. Yeah, and I also think that they needed stability. Like, for example, the prodigal son, when he left his father's house, he realized how hectic the world can get. So he needed to come back to his um, his father that would never forsake him. And then same thing with the Samaritan woman. I think she was experiencing lack of stability with her husbands. And so when she came to the well and she found this water that would never make her thirsty again, never make her worried or concerned again, that is uh, something that like just transformed her. So I think that's something that we can also take if we're seeking stability, which we all need that constant in our life. It is the living water, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah you're so right. That's exactly Psalm 41. Um, as the deer pants after the yes. fountains of water. Yeah. I always imagine like it's panting, it's desperate. So mm -hmm. my soul pants after you. My soul have, has thirsted after the living God. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. I'm going to read this quote. I loved it. And I want you guys to hear it. Um, it's by Father Matthew the Poor. And it says, I, really love it. <laughs> I know, even the cross itself was but an expression of an existing reality since Christ had crucified himself for the world before the world crucified him. In Lent, we prepare ourselves for the Last Supper. We prepare for two th like things coming together. How could those who do not sacrifice themselves be worthy of him who sacrificed his life. If we eat of a sacrificed body and do not sacrifice our own selves, how can we claim that a union takes place? Mm. The mystical supper on Thursday, which is the intentional acceptance of a life of sacrifice, is but a preparation for accepting sufferings openly, even unto death. Mm. So with that being said, I think my challenge is going to be to take that sin again, like I said, that I've dug really deep and to give it to him. To, so to confess the sin, to make a change, to leave it at his feet and to make a, a, cha a change right here and right now, to accept the challenge that comes with this sacrifice of giving away that one sin I was, again, like not ready to mm -hmm. give up 
and uh, to share this this living water that I'm about to receive after mm. I've received it, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so mine would be remembering that he is coming to us in the sixth hour, in the midst of all the heat, the scorching sun, whatever trial that you're facing, he is coming to you in that time. And I think not being discouraged, but rather just coming, meeting him at the well, even though, you know, you have those feelings. And I think, like we said from the prodigal son, like he will accept us with open arms. And he's the one actually in the story coming out and reaching out to us. Um, so I think remembering that that is what he is doing and everything that we do is just so important. That's beautiful, Marina. It's so full of hope. You're right, because we all have a sixth hour, even within our day. We all have a time where, oh my God, everything is just overwhelming. Um, and for me, it'll be just coming daily to the well. And we've covered this in previous episodes, but really like um, Origin puts it in a way where very straightforward. He's less, he's, he says, unless you come daily to the wells, unless you daily draw water, not only will you not be able to give a drink to others, but you yourself will also suffer a thirst for the word of God. And this is from Amos 8, uh, 11. So I, I need to come daily and I need to come at a set time. You know, if it's a sixth hour, then, you know, my quiet yes. time will expire after every 24 hours that I don't get <laughs> <the> word. <laughs> and yeah. I can give myself some direction for the day. If I can't have, you know, my, my personal encounter, I won't be able to face the rest of the day. Yeah. And I think within my daily well, I need to go call my husband of that day. <laughs> I'm going to go call whatever is is the most important thing right now, the thing that's occupying my mind, and the thing that's really hindering me from him or shaming me from coming to him. Mm. Um, and God willing, I will actually be able to get that living water. So I think a nice thing that we can say is like, let's figure out what is our sixth hour in our days. I, mm. There might be multiple sixth hours in our days, yes. <laughs> but like, how can we make it into like a practice? How can we kind of think this week? Okay, I want my quiet times to come in my sixth hour or maybe like throughout my day. Like we talked about God is within us. God is with us everywhere. So we don't have to wait until we get to church. We can pray like during things that we do. And it doesn't even have to be about when is my sixth hour, but it's whenever it is my sixth hour right. is when I will, mm. is yeah, when I like will that. come and meet you at yeah. the well. Yeah. And it's, Again, kind of like what we said with temptations, giving us a warning, we should be more proactive with ourselves. We should be able to meet him at the well before we get burned <laughs> by the sun, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think my sixth hour is either like at 9 a.m. when I check my emails or at the very <laughs> end of the day where I look back to everything wrong I did and said. Yeah. And I need to, you know, have a quiet time before those. Yeah, I think for me, it would be like, when I'm feeling so busy and overwhelmed, like it could be during a meeting or it could be mm -hmm. while I'm working, um, you know, just having that that moment where you can just say the Jesus prayer, talk to God about that, have a dialogue in the midst of all of it. Um, yeah. It's very important. Natalie, can you please pray for us? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us together um, to read your word and to learn more about who you are, Lord, and how accepting you are and how, how you see us so different than how we see ourselves, Lord. Lord, just like you did with the Samaritan woman, give us, give us an identity, Lord. You turned her into, from, she went from the Samaritan woman into the enlightened one. 
give us give us a word lord give us who are we going to be this lent change us give us the strength and the bravery that you gave her so that we can at the very least leave our water pots at your feet lord throughout this lenten journey lord continue to give us uh, this joy and and the motivation to keep striving toward this treasure that we have set out for ourselves through the intercessions of saint mary saint athanasius saint mary magdalene saint mary bethany and all the choir of your saints lord we pray with all thanksgiving our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. If you liked what you heard today, visit our website, emisher.wixsite.com slash mysite for links to the resources used to prepare for these episodes. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Write us on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Please keep us in your prayers. God bless.